These waveforms, these waveforms. Okay, no, if we get what's mad, we'll be with, fine. What's wrong with them? Well, our normal talking is like around like negative nine to negative six decibels. That's not really the goal. I know. I mean, like we don't really want to peak anywhere above like negative two. Right. Seriously. No, I know. When we talk in a normal, like, sound, it's around negative four, negative three. That's fine. But if we, like, scream into our microphones, it's a problem. Well, do not do that. I mean, that's... Okay, that was a little right there, so let me just turn it down a little bit. Sorry that my tone is no, too no, abrasive you just... for you. Sorry sorry that me, the Ooh, one who's had to deal with fry. your abrasive attitude all evening, has too abrasive oh, of a God. tone for the waveforms. <laughs> Vocal fry, though. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're mean. And vocal fry is cool. Ira Glass is vocal fry. Ira Glass is vocal fry. What if Ira Glass opened a restaurant where they sold fries and he called it vocal fry? Wouldn't that be Welcome amazing? To vocal Welcome fry. To vocal fry. W-E-Z Chicago. This is vocal fry. No, no, Ira. This is the restaurant. You can't. No, nope. no, nope. we're not. We're not. We're not on the radio anymore. Here's some chili cheese fries. The economy took a real downturn in the NPR. Well, you know that's the first to go. So this is some gold, and you haven't even recorded it. It is. It's recording. My very good Ira Glass impression needs to be. It's changed. it's recorded. From WZ Chicago. I mean, I'll, I won't stop it. This. You're the one the editing this. <laughs> You're the one editing this, so like you can deal with it. What if I? What if we had Ira Glass on as a guest? As a guest. I don't know. I don't think he would like Lee very much. So, why have you watched so much of this show if you this, don't like it? Ira, this is not an interview. This is this is us reviewing Glee. Well, I think that would be the first question Ira Glass would ask, you know. But it has nothing to do with the Glee content. But it's important for the show itself. Is it? Yeah. We, so, welcome to season six. Yes, we're here. This is Sam and May Maggie Hickley. It's yes. a podcast where we watch Glee. And by the title, you would assume we hate it, which is true for most of the, like, most things yeah, yeah, I mean, that happen in it. Yeah, like... We hate them. Yeah, and like... But... Yeah. There's a certain, like, love that we do have for the show. Sure. We definitely um, like some of the ideas that are proposed within it. Right. No, no. I mean, like... Everyone's seen the pilot at this point. Everyone sure. on the planet has seen the pilot at this uh, point. That's and, not true. And honestly, yeah. it is a very good pilot of television. It's, it's, pilot. it's a very fun concept, and you're like, oh, there's actual gay people here? What? Yeah. We're going to talk about music? But now what? we are in season six. Well, yeah. We have sort of a minor Glee reboot. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. A Glee boot. We've had a few. Yeah, well, but this one is different because... You'll know. Well, you'll remember the reason we're here at this point is because Glee has tanked hard. Yeah. Like, yeah. The actual like meta 
like situation yeah. of Glee is very bad yes. at this point. Yeah. Um, we are in January of 2015. Well, when this yeah. is coming in, out in our in our universe. Yes. When did the last one come out? Before this? When did the mm-hmm. end of season the five come out? End of season five came out in May of 2014. Yeah, that seems about right. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, they didn't wait until like. The fall of 2015, I guess, but it definitely sort of feels like that. Um, well, no, but the thing is, in the show, right? Yeah, the, it feels like what probably happened is they were like, "Oh, we're gonna start with the school year, like we've done, except for this past year, every year." Mm-hmm. And then they did start with the school year. They just started putting the episodes out in January because, yeah. well, I think it probably it's a shortened schedule. Yeah, because they only have 13, 12 or thirteen episodes this season, so they were probably like yes. the only way we're gonna get those numbers. No one watches TV during the like when we get close to the holidays, especially not Glee. So like, uh, if they ho- want their finale to get numbers, they gotta do it in the spring. Yeah, do you think they're hoping for like, um, like you, people who are really right in that plateau of their seasonal depression to be like. Oh, I could watch Glee. Yeah. Well, I mean, is I think that's their core audience now. Yeah. <laughs> Which the, the, like the depressed queers who have like like resigned themselves to finishing it. That's yes. who. That is the, the audience. Target audience. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So to to that note, like this episode originally aired. God, on January 9th, 2015, literally, like, the second week of the year, because that's when people want to get back to Glee, is when you have to go back to work and school and shit. Uh, But it had 2.34 million viewers, which obviously is the lowest number we've ever had for for the opening of a season, but... The last season finale had 1.87 million viewers, so they did gain people. Yeah, I guess people were like... You know, Glee really went off the deep end for that last season. Maybe it got better with its, like, year-long hiatus. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it was a bad bet, but... Yeah, um, so it's written by Ryan Murphy, Brad, and Ian. Yeah, the, the holy trifecta. The trifecta itself. And directed by Bradley Buker, who is, like, a very regular Glee director. Yeah. But he makes some, like, not Glee choices. Yeah, I mean, it's throughout just the... bizarre. And, like, there are some really shoddily... Yeah, I mean, there are... ...shots here. To be fair, there are some shots where we watched it and it was like, oh, this is Glee. Like, this yeah, is prime totally. Glee. But there are, there are just some weird choices that are made that make it look not like Glee. Really in any way, in which, yeah, like, too. is weird because I wouldn't say Glee is, what, like, ever, like, I wouldn't say Glee was ever super well-produced. Um, yeah, like, it's never, like, it's never been, like, the most, I, I would say, predictably artistic right, yeah. produced. There have been certain tropes that have been returned to. Right. You know, we get the split screens, we get the roller coaster camera, we get yeah. the longer shots, we get the face the up, close-ups. The close-ups, yeah. Uh, but, like, yeah, you're right that a lot of these shots don't have a lot of artistic intention, no. like, narratively. Like, there's not, like, for instance, every, like, one out of five whack-ass shots has a narrative implication. Right. You know? Well, and, but yeah, like, literally, there's a scene where we're we're up in Will's face, 
I'm assuming mostly because the baby who they have on the set is just not a very good, like, actor. Well, Which is more like, like they a... can't get the shots of the baby that they want to get. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, like, instead we just get a real close-up of Will's face because we are the baby now. Yeah, like, it's weird. Yeah. Um, so we start, in, we start the episode in, uh, like, a lot, a studio lot. Yeah. Uh, where Lee Paul Blatt is in his fancy convertible and is slowly putting up the the cover the cover which yeah. is sort of strange uh, sort of glee-ish with well, like some of the shots i mean this whole sequence is so weird yeah. Like, yeah um he puts the roof up and we go into the trailer that's right next door we just yeah. jump into it where we see maybe rachel's agent publicist publicist I think. Yeah. Um, telling, um, telling Rachel about the bad review that she's looking at, and Rachel's like, I told you to read the good ones, and her publicist says, that one said you might be able to work in television again. It's the best one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so what we have discovered here is Rachel has had one episode, so, okay, I'm confused about they this a little bit. They filmed the pilot of yes. Rachel's show. Yeah. And it was terrible. Yes. It got a zero share, is what Lee Paul Blatt says when right. he comes into the trailer and talks to her. He says that all the acronyms are upset. Yes. NAMBLA. Well, okay. NAACP. Let's not, let's not start with that one, because that's the one that is the most yeah, boggling. Like, it's the like... Yeah. Like it... Uh, that's the National... American, American Man Boy Love Association. Which is wild. And, you know, in the, like version of the show that we sort of see later, yeah. I I see no reason why Namla would be Cert upset. is played by a 40-year-old? I don't know. No. But, yeah, so essentially, yeah, the show was incredibly offensive to everyone, um, and Lee got fired, and he lets Rachel know that she also got yeah, fired. Yeah, he fires her as well. It's like yeah. his final act, and he's like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I know what I'm going to do. Run another network. And then yeah. he just, like, leaves. Before he does that, he says, you know what you do, Rachel? You blame everyone else and then go home. Yes. Which, um, Rachel seems to follow along with that. Yeah. I do want to make a point here. We find out the show is named That's So Rachel. I know, right? Does That's So Raven exist in this universe? I mean, every other show does. Like, But That's So Raven girl cannot. Does. I mean, maybe that's one of the reasons her show is so bad is because they it's literally just so... ripped off the name from a te- from a Disney Channel classic that everyone knows. Like, I mean, but like, <laughs> I mean, we we like you said later in this episode we see clips of the show and it's bogglingly bad. And like, this is also like so. It's so lazy to name it That's So Rachel, because yes. That's So Raven exists. Exactly. Like, tell a better joke. Yeah. Or at least have, have a but character someone, mention, yeah. wait, what about That's So Raven? Because that would be funny. Okay, so the f- number that follows as Rachel is leaving the studio lot is yeah. called Uninvited. Right. And I called it Revenge of the Crossfades, because... <laughs> We get so much crop, you know, like the classic sort of Rachel um, non-diegetic number where she's yes. just walking through a mass of people who yeah. don't seem to recognize that she's singing. Yeah. Um, and she's like just really determinedly walking everywhere, and she's you. She's definitely the focal point of every shot. Right. Yeah. In those instances, not so much in this one. We get some wide ass shots where Rachel's just like the tiniest figure on the screen. She's yeah. still singing, but it's like. What are you trying to show me here? Right. Yeah. That well, this room is big. Well, like. Yeah, because there's a, there's a shot where they're tearing down 
the, like, set. set for her TV show where they filmed a single episode. Yeah. And she's, like, watching in the corner as they tear it down. And it's like, I guess I kind of... But the weird... The thing about it is this song is just weird. Like... Yeah. And, the, and like... I, I want to know, the vocals are good. Oh, like, of course. Rachel sounds amazing. Wait, which she always does. Like, yeah. like say what you want, but Lee Michelle is a professional, and she knows yeah. how to fucking sing. It's so, true. like, yeah, and it's just... My my big issue, I think, is that the song doesn't really feel like it has a place here. No. Like, because, like, I guess Rachel is uninvited from this... From television, the from, concept. Well, like, from this um, studio lot. Right. she is, like, escorted off the yes. premises throughout the song. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I don't really get a lot of emotional resonance. No. I can't tell that Rachel is upset, honestly. Right. Um Yeah, it's just it's it's weird. I don't I don't think I've ever heard the original of the song. No, neither have I. But it has weird chord progressions that also just make it feel like a weird choice. Where you're just yeah. like, What? Like I why can't she sing something that like what Rachel would sing? That, like, mm-hmm. she would sing some big Broadway number about how she's so sad. I don't know like, if it would be that. Maybe, like, Adele. Oh, sure. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, yeah. So, she she gets put right out in front of the lot. Yeah. And they hand her her box of crap. And, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to skip the one, like, the real good piece of symbolism in this episode. When Lee Paulblatt enters her, tra- exits her trailer, he slams the door behind him. No, 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 it's when Rachel is leaving the studio lot and the gate closes. No, 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 I'm saying when oh, he... Oh, the, the yeah, star. Yeah, the star, there's a gold star on her trailer door and it falls off onto the dirty ground. And Rachel makes sure to pick that up and bring it along with her because she's still a gold star. Um, but yeah, and then at the end of this, there is, like, so the lot gate closes and then we get the glee title card and there's like a weird prison buzzer noise well it's like it's not it's like a clinking of the gate closing yeah that sounds like a like a sound bite from like a prison Prison. movie yeah which i don't know if maybe i'm like not every person would draw that correlation but we both did like yes simultaneously right yeah so, so i mean yeah and, and and we were like oh is that like metaphor for how rachel's trapped well, in her situation I, how she's to having be, to go home <laughs> no, my, my question to be fair my question was is it metaphor for us being trapped us in this situation yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah but i mean of course it is um, so we go to the next scene where yeah. Rachel has returned to her childhood home. She yes. is in the strawberry shortcake sex yeah. dungeon. Yeah. And it looks a little bit different than it has before, but I think that's just because they put the camera in different places. And also, I feel like the lighting must be different. The lighting because is different. The walls and aren't like, as vibrantly yellow anymore. Like, there yeah, is horrendous. I mean, but, like, her bedroom window is blasting with light. <laughs> yes. Because well, every um, window yes. in this episode is blasting with light. As if Rachel is not in Lima, but heaven. <laughs> well, see, okay. She does ask in the scene if she's in hell. But, like, my thing, it, now that I think about it, this, I don't know when they filmed this, but maybe in order to try to convince actually filmed in September, like, maybe it was snowy everywhere, so they had to blast light through the windows no. to make it, like, believable that it's no, still September. They, they filmed it in L.A., sure. so weather doesn't exist. Well, and yeah. Except for natural disasters, of course. Right. Um, And, yeah, I mean, the blasting with light, the, like, 
totally washed out, completely... I mean, to be fair. Completely it, white windows is a problem with filming on set. Like, right. it's like... <laughs> That should not be your artistic intent ever. No. Unless you are trying to convince me that you, your Rachel setting died. is heaven. No, honestly, I think there might be some weight to the idea that Rachel might be in hell. Because, like, literally. Mm. So, here's what happens. She's in this. She's in her bedroom. She's approached by one of her fathers, Leroy. Leroy. Hiram is not here. Jeff Hiram. Goldblum. Hiram. Sorry. Hiram, Hiram is not here. Jeff Goldblum is amazing, but is too expensive for the show to have. Yep. So, um... Conveniently, we find out that Leroy and Hiram are getting a divorce. Yeah, I I think you have a point that maybe Rachel's um, New York spending put strain on on their their relationship. Yes, Uh, which I I like that little bit of headcanon. That's fun. Um, And Rachel uh, turns to Leroy and says, "Well, can I stay here? I'm not sure how long I'll be here." And Leroy says, "Well, you can stay as long as you need." Well, you can stay with me as long as you need. But the house is on the market, Rachel. Yeah, the house has been on the market for a few weeks. (laughs) Um, and he he basically like, I don't know, leaves a parting thought with Rachel, like, "You're a loser, but that's okay." Like sometimes it's it's how we test ourselves. Yeah, sometimes you have to lose everything to know who you are. And I was just like. Wow, what a thing for your dad to say. It's really horrible. Wow. Like, especially because apparently Rachel has been, like, like in, seclusion. in seclusion. Yeah, for the past yeah. few months because she, like, the pilot was so bad and her reputation is so shot. And she hasn't talked to anyone. Anyone. Which is also convenient because it means now that we all, we all get this exposition dump as well. We get the exposition dump. Yeah. yeah. So we go to the lima bean for the next scene, where yes. there is an instrumental of loser like me playing, <laughs> playing for the, the whole scene, thing. which just makes it awful. Like <laughs> I, I wanted to like actually engage with the scene and find out what was going on, but like fuck that! Like this instrumental is <laughs> um, so shitty. We first meet Barista Figgins. Yes. He's uh he's just like screaming at Rachel, like yes. oh Rachel Barry, I'm not yes. principal anymore because. Sue doesn't because of pay Sue, me and enough, I'm not yeah. the janitor because Sue doesn't pay me enough, and y- you're here, Rachel Barry, Rachel well, Barry. Well, no, no. What is funny is that he says it's great to see that someone who had so much potential has fallen so far because yeah. it gives me hope for my life. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> really horrible. Bam, Blaney Boo is here to talk to Rachel at a table, um, and they talk about. What's been going on with Rachel, how she's been in seclusion. And Rachel's like, but wait, why are you here? Are you visiting family? Where's Kurt? Yeah. And then Blaine drops the bomb. Yes. Blaine broke up. Yes. This is multiple months in the past at this point. Yeah. It's implied. Yes. Um, And we also find out that because of this breakup, Blaine had sort of a cascading effect of bad things happening yes. to him. And yeah. he... Um, did so he did poorly enough on his schoolwork to get cut from Miata. Yep. Now he's living with his parents. Yep. And working at Dalton. Yes. Yeah. He he's the um, the warbler's ro- coach. warbler coach. Even though that position Isn't, did not exist. Yeah. Previously, I think they probably invented it because Blaine needed a job. <laughs> yes. Um. Also, yeah. because they are his minions from hell. Right. And he and can he do whatever, whatever the fuck he wants. He wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's true. It's just... Blaine's living in Dalton again, surely. Yeah. I mean, yes. It's... In his hell castle. Right, exactly. I mean, honestly, Rachel could literally be in hell. 
<laughs> and Blaine is just here to torment her. Mm, yeah, totally. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so he's also a loser. That's the whole reason they're both losers, I guess, because they both failed, because Clayne I mean, was destined to let's, fail. Let's like, be real, like, everyone's having, is on, like, a failing streak. Right, well, that's the point. Glee is pointing out that uh, all of its characters suck and are losing because we're not watching the show hard enough, Maggie. If it, I mean, really, <laughs> look how it should be phrased is, like, how it should be framed is that Will... Fucked up. Yeah, Will didn't do a very good job preparing them for yeah. life in general. That's what it should be. But I guess there but are Will some... is successful, so... And there are some successes from Glee. There's Mercedes and... <laughs> I mean, Santana, Santana is successful at being for awesome. East, for the East is tough. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, she's in a national commercial. I mean, we... Like... I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so... So now we're suddenly yeah. inside a fancy music store. <laughs> yeah. Um, this transition yes. is... Abrupt. Yes. Uh, and the thing is that the lima beans, like, lighting sort of, like, confuses me. Sure. From that to this, because they're so similar in, like, wood grain, yeah. like, textures. Well, and there's also, lights. like, a quick shot. So, it's weird, because Blaine is, like, getting up from the table, and it starts the chorus of Suddenly Seymour from mm-hmm. uh, Little Shop of Horrors, and so then Blaine is sitting at a piano in this music store playing the music. Yeah. But then we cut back to li- the lima bean where they're getting up and like walking outside to go to this music store. But then we're back in the music store sporadically. Like, it's so weird. It does not like, make sense. There are some multiple like nonlinear um, <laughs> numbers. Yeah. Number like see visual sequences during musical numbers. Yeah. Which like why? I mean, maybe that's their thing now. Okay. Um, <laughs> so suddenly, Seymour, let's talk about it. Um, you watched the Little actual Shop Little yeah. Shop of Horrors this week with um, Rick Moranis yes, and... Uh, uh, Ellen Green. And the point of the singing in that original show is, like, sort of comedic. Like, right. when they sing Suddenly Seymour, yeah. Ellen Green, like, has a sort of distortion to her voice yeah, well, to, no. to portray a character. Right, well... I would argue, and we were talking about it during the movie, that Ellen Green has a distortion to her voice for the majority of the movie to sound like, like a like the character. Act, yeah, sound like a character. But when she sings, it's her actual singing voice. So she has more of a like well-rounded, kind of like edgier, throatier voice. There's still yeah. an edge, like right. a character edge to right. her singing, which is definitely not the case here. Like no, Rachel's Blaine just Rachel singing. Just sing it. Yeah. It. yeah, they just sing it, which like I. I but, guess I mean, that's a take. The the big issue, really, is that it just brings back our old issue, which is that, like, they could have done Little Shop of Horrors for any of their high school musicals, and it would have yeah. been amazing and actually fit for once. And this is just a slap in the face of that, because it's like, you could have used this in a good way. What if they, What if instead of West Side Story, they did suddenly Seymour? They did, they did um, Little, Little Shop, Shop of Horrors? Horrors yeah. Because then, like, I mean, Seymour is a role that could go to... Blaine or Kurt, right? Or even like Sam, exactly. Like any of those people could have been right. No, that's candidates for that yeah. role. Yeah. Or Artie. Oh wow! Little Shop of Horrors with Artie I mean, as as um. What's his Rick name? Moranis? What's his name? Does look like Rick Moranis a little bit. Yeah, which is like why, like that could be cool. But I yeah. mean, it didn't happen, so we don't need to talk about it. We could talk about Rachel's eyebrows. Yeah. Here, um, they're very different than they've ever been before. They look amazing. Yeah. Very 2015 Instagram baddie brows. Yeah, I, I, it's also notable because her hair has like 
chestnutty, like light brown. Yeah, there's some highlights, highlights which is new. Um, I mean, she's looking. She's fine. looking fine. It's just one of the, the bigger Fully. issues. The bigger issue is the lighting in this store. We've already talked about it because of the windows. But oh like my the god, lighting the store windows is... are are such a bright white. Like I was so convinced that our TV settings were fucked up <laughs> while we were watching this episode yeah. because I was like. The light, the like, the windows can be this blown out. Like, that's not how TV works. Well, and, it, like, the light, it just is so much more, like, I want to say gritty. Like, it just feels it, more realistic. Like, like, yeah, there's definitely, like, an air of realism that has never existed in Glee before. Maybe yeah. it was, like, a turn to, like, 4K or something. <laughs> I don't like, know. It's more yeah. higher HD, but it is... It is not stylistically <laughs> congruent, that's for sure. And it's not and like, pleasurable to watch. And I mean, a lot of the shots do have sort of like the, you know, like the circling yes. quality to them. Yeah. But they don't really feel the same. It's hard no. to articulate why, but... Well, I mean, the bigger issue, I think, is that in this specific one, they're in this music store, which is like a weird, like, A location very... we've never been in before. Right. It's a weird, like, we, we argued about what what the best way to categorize this building is, but, like, bed and breakfast is honestly the the best I can... Because there's, like, a, a beverage station. Yeah. It sort of looks like like the opening foyer to, like, an antique shop. Right, yeah. It's So it's bizarre. It's very skinny. Like, yeah. And so, like, I feel like the camera movements are very restricted in being able to follow Rachel going up these, like, stairs and stuff. I mean, it's... They both sing... Fine. Yeah. I would argue it's not in the style of the original, but, like, why would it be? Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's prettier so that they can sell it on iTunes. Right, yeah. Is and that the, a, even a thing anymore for Glee? Let's be the, honest. The music store. Yeah. <laughs> iTunes didn't exist at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, so then, uh, then we cut to McKinley. Sue is giving us a voiceover about how she is the best principal that has ever existed. Because fascism. Yeah, which it is fun because in typical Sue um, fashion, they do have the like very Wagner-esque <laughs> operatic music behind <laughs> her, which they've always had. Like, like that is one of the best things about season yeah. one, I think, is when Will and Sue have their like big fight and like oh, totally. Sue's music is all like like the March of the uh, well, Valkyries and, like, yeah, all that shit. Yeah, we talked about how, like, the cartoonish portrayal of Sue yeah. can be a real, um, like, boon to the show. Yeah. But can also sort of shoot itself in the fucking foot. <laughs> Which, that's what this one does, because Sue has decided to not only, like, she talks about how she's, like, gotten test scores up and stuff, and we see examples of I how mean, but she's... but she's, like, the most evil she's ever been. Right. Of course, because right. now we have Rachel as, like, the, val- the valiant heroine yeah. to come defeat her, but, um, Sue is feeding people people kale yes. with um, something sprinkled with on top to lower saltpeter. their saltpeter to lower their sex drive. Yeah. Um, there's a routine random, quote unquote, random weigh-ins and body shaming where yeah. she sends, I guess, people that she deems too fat to the pig pen. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. Which, yeah, that, um, yeah. And then she's also like, oh, and occasionally I'll release the vicious hounds. And then we see like all these dogs running down the hallway with like a bunch of dog sound effects, a bunch of barking and shit. Yeah. And Sue mentions that she transferred all of the former Glee members to completely erase, like, the impact that Glee (laughs) had on this school. Yeah. Which is just a very convenient way to not have any of these characters return. You know, I am going to miss Jake. Yeah. And, um, 
she uh, goes into the the computer lab yes. where the choir room used to be during this long speech, her real victory lab. She's going in there to be like, yes, I have destroyed this and replaced sure. it with a, a beautiful computer lab. Yeah. Because the destroying the glee club is like her pride and joy. That yeah. is her crowning achievement. In her mind, she steals a pencil from somebody who, from a random nerd wearing a sweater vest who is sharpening it. Yeah. And she says, see, Young minds don't need the humanities or the arts, and yes. I've proven it. Yeah, she had. A, yeah, she also like like pulls some kid's headphones out of his phone, yeah. talking about how every kid thinks they're gonna they could be a rap star or like even a though star. he was yeah. like working. Yeah, in the computer lab. The the more important part, I guess, is that we pan out and Rachel is outside the door listening to. Sue making this valiant, triumphant speech. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Rachel's our foil now. Rachel is going to take her down, I guess. Sure. Um, so we get a Kurt monologue about becoming a pseudo-professional next. Yeah. In the third year of Niata, they're expected to do internships, and he's set his up at the old folks' home. In Lexington. <sighs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, he doing some kind of theater production there. Real original. Um, But, yeah, so then he also has been... Working to get over Blaine, he yep. downloaded Tinder, um, which the gay ass writer of this show spelled like Grinder. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, most really more like the the, um, the captioners, the gay the, ass captioners. The captioners yeah. did it bad. Yeah. Um, this this speed dating scene is so stupid. <laughs> yes. When we first watched this, I was like, this is not how. I okay, I've never done speed dating in real life. Sure. I should make a point to say that, but like. This can only be how it works on TV, right? Like, literally, this is how it always works on TV. With and the it's bells. Just, and... Yeah, and it just always seems so fake and yeah. so artificial. But to be fair, like, it is a weird situation. We 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 get Kurt's perspective of a I've few just, of I've men. never seen any flyers announcing that speed dating is happening. Right, yeah. Like, I've never you seen... You have to seek it out. And nowadays, I feel like people don't do it because... Because of apps. Tinder. Yeah, because of literally Tinder, what they mentioned. Also, like, come on, Kurt... You didn't have Grinder before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> lighthouses. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's got like a grudge. Yeah. Uh, um, except he met. Okay. He was on Blaine met the lighthouse yeah. on Facebook, so let's be real. <laughs> um, he meets Rich, the pirate psychic. Yeah, there's also a couple dating. others. But... There's there's like an accountant who's an accountant at night and during the day. Okay, which I stand by. Like, I think he sounds fun. <laughs> Okay. Yep. Uh, that's cool for you. There's a guy who has like a vegan pet restaurant. Yeah, or something. which that sucks. Yeah, and then and then, and, and then there's the Rich, the, the pirate psychic, who um, does like sort of a cold read on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, on Kurt. Let's discuss this. On Kurt being like. I can tell that you've recently gotten out of a, like you've recently broken yeah. up with someone. I can tell that you've had some romantic trouble that you're recently out of a relationship. <laughs> and Kurt's like, wow, you're so right. I just broke off an engagement. Which he asked, I'm the one who broke it off. I think I want people to know that. Um, and then, yeah. And Kurt like says something about wanting to get out there and yeah. start dating again. And Rich is like, I don't know. I sense that you're not over him. And then Rich just leaves the restaurant. Yes. Like he doesn't go to the next table for speed dating. He no. just bounces. Yeah. And then Kurt's like, I guess, I guess things aren't coming up for good for me. Yeah. Well, my- blah, blah. And yeah. then he shrugs and looks right at the camera and winks. <laughs> None of that happens. But no, it's just, I just love, we finished the scene. 
And then you were like, wow, he's such a good psychic. And I was like, what? And then there was some clarification about what was actually said by Rich. And you're like, oh, shit. He just knows how to cold read. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the easiest cold read ever. Because... It's like speed dating. <laughs> well, when I, when I gave it a second thought, I did realize that I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, Wow, he, he's such a good psychic. And, okay, I don't consume a lot of psychic content because I'm a little impressionable in that way. Sure. Um, but I do I do consume a lot of anti-psychic content yes, yes. so that I can sort of work against, yeah, yeah. work against that part of myself gotcha. yeah. so that I don't join a cult. Okay, sure. anyway. let's keep going. Yes. Um, we see the Warblers sing, that's a quote, well, yeah. for, for Rachel and Dalton next. Because um, Blaine's brought her there. Yes. No, he, I guess he's trying to, like, he, he's asking her for notes, but it's obviously a ploy to just get her to get out of the house. Exactly. Um, but, so, yeah, the Warblers do Sing by Ed Sheeran. And um, Sam noted that there's only one fat one. Yes. We noticed that there's one Asian one. And there's and one And that black there's one. one brown one. Yeah. And the brown one is the one who beatboxes. Um, so, well, not a great spread going on here, their warblows. Yeah. Like, they are all thin white boys, yeah. so... No, they literally all look like Blaine. Like... Yeah, and we don't see any of the ones that we're familiar with, which no. makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. they would, would supposedly age, yeah. even if they are the minions... Of hell. The, the hell minions well, Rachel can't get Blaine. cured. Rachel can't figure yeah. it out. Like, yeah. That's why Blaine is... He's, like, mashed up the puppets a little bit so that they look slightly different. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, yeah. yeah, I'm not expecting a paragon of diversity in the Warblers, but, like, have at least but more than I one like, bl- I like black he, or brown person because you can't yeah. just have one who does the beatboxing. <laughs> I mean, my thing is I feel like in the past they've been more diverse. Like, they they've have. had more brown people and more, like, Asian people. And, like, maybe not as many fat people, but still, like... Well, they have the one. Yeah. They at least Trent. had the one. Trent. Yeah. Babyface warbler. Yeah. Um, but, oh, God. It's just... My thing, so mm-hmm. Blaine sings with them. Yeah, they give he does. him the they give him the fucking blazer and he sings with them. Um, is, very well. Very is, well with him. Is it in this episode that they have like the cabinet that they pull the blazer out of yes. with Blaine? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's Yikes. really weird. Um which again I mean it's just more proof that we are correct. That, <laughs> right. Like, that Dalton is some sort of like magical castle. Yes, and then evil or no, yeah. and that these these warblers are actually just puppets for Blaine to manipulate. Yeah. Which would make sense that he has a job there now, whatever. Okay? Yes. Um, We go to McKinley next. Well, like, I had one more thing to say Oh, sure. With Rachel. Yeah. Well, one, first of all, Blaine does all the high vocals. He does. All the, like, like, the, like, falsetto bits. Which, if this is for sectionals, we're being led to believe that they're preparing for sectionals. One of your fucking students would have to sing that. Yeah. And why is Blaine doing it? Because Will did it? Like, again, these people are all so fucked up because Blaine Will is, was a bad no, teacher. Blaine is doing it because he wants attention. Right. Well, obviously. <laughs> but, like, if you're a good teacher, you have your students do the work mm-hmm. so that way they can actually do it at sectionals. Yeah. But whatever. No one's a good teacher here. Rachel thanks him for being for showing her how cool young boys are. and then She does make a point of saying that he's too old to sing. I do, I do like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then she, she thanks him. She's like, 
that I needed this. I love that the Warblers are back. I've always loved the Warblers. Yes. They were the high point of season two, for sure. Sure. And um, it's nice to see them, even though they don't have, like, their council like, right. leadership now, that I liked. Yeah. And... <laughs> now, now that, you know, all semblances of democracy have been removed from the situation. <laughs> now, now that it is just, like, a blame cult, um, it makes sense to yeah. me. Okay, so we go to McKinley next. We are in the... Uh, we are outside at yeah. the football field where we see Shannon Beast yelling at some football players about yes. how they need to get the pink off of salmon or something. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, my favorite quote from her from the scene is, if salmon had legs, we would eat it for dinner. There it is. Or we would do it for breakfast, not dinner. It's so fucking weird. It Whatever. doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and we find out that Sam is the assistant coach of the football team. Yes. Sam identified, our, our Sam here, identified him as a water boy, and I was like, he surely has more <laughs> tasks than just that. But we don't see any of them, so... Just because we don't see them doesn't mean they don't happen. We meet Spencer, the postmodern gay teen. Yes. Um, <laughs> who is... Introduced by calling one of his other teammates a, a quote, whiny Hummel. No, no. Did he say Hummel or Homo? Hummel. No. He says Hummel. That's not... He says Homo. No, he says Hummel. Okay, either way, it's not a great thing to say. Yes. And Rachel is like, excuse me, when I went to school here, we tried hard to make sure those words could never be used to hurt other people. Yeah. And Spencer's like, it's okay, I'm a postmodern gay teen. Now that I've seen representations of myself in media, I can be tr who I truly am. You're sort of a jerkwad. And then he... Yeah, and then he... Well, he's like... Away. Well, no, he, he's like, also, your TV show sucked, and throws his cup at her. Yeah. Which then Sam is like, isn't he a sweet guy? Um, but, I mean, this character's, like, pretty fucking ageist. <laughs> like, it's with the Glee writers being like, fuck you kids for not taking our representation the way we wanted you to. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, he's literally, like, making fun of the gay character from the first couple... Like, obviously, from... You know, the representational gay from the first few seasons. And he's like, oh, he made it possible for me to be able to be who I am. Which Fuck is the that best. guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, and Sam says that the team is good. Well, Rachel comments. She's like, yeah. wow, they're good. Even though we don't see them doing anything. And also, Sam's like, yes, they are good. Yes. It is because Sue only likes sports. And yeah. then Rachel says, but what about the kids who can't play sports? What about the kids who want to paint? What about the kids who want to sing? And, um, yeah, there you go. Sam also tells us that Sue apparently moved families into an apartment home to yeah. get these football players on this team. This is very Friday Night Lights. Like, this, like, <laughs> relocation of... Yeah. of uh, of families. Of yeah. families so that kids can play it, um, at a high school. At, at a high school, school which is, yeah. I mean, that's, lots of Friday Night Lights is based on true things, and right. like, this, No, this is a thing that I'm this sure... This thing that happens. Yeah, anyway, let's move on. We move to, um, Rachel is going to confront Sue. Yeah. We are introduced to Janet, who is the receptionist at Sue's office. Who is also, she's also... Someone who's currently incarcerated yes. for um, counterfeit. Fraud? Yeah. counterfeit. Um, and uh, there are just some problems here. Um, first Notably off, the ball and chain. Yeah, the ball and chain are pretty... I mean, like, we're, if we're going to talk cartoonish, like, a, literally a ball and chain are pictured. I wish, I wish the shot had been better, like, the ball had been a little bit more further away from sure. the foot so we could see the chain. Yeah. 
Um, instead, it's just like sort of a ball, like right next to a foot. Yeah, like an anklet, like a ball anklet. Yeah, which, like, I mean, come on, if you're gonna do the whole visual, I really want to see it. And if it were a bigger ball, it's more comedic. Anyway, yeah. yeah so, um, but yeah, so it turns out there's like a the ball's not big enough, and that's the biggest problem. Well, also slavery <laughs> also because slavery. the labor's yeah. free. Yeah. Um, and um, Sue says that she's gonna sick Janet on Rachel at one point, which is like not great, and no. then. She's also constructing a shiv throughout the scene, which Sam took a lot of offense to, being like, oh, do you think that anyone who's in prison is making shivs? Like, yeah, you're right, you know, it is. It's it's a little um, offensive. stereotypical and and assuming. Yeah. Um, And Sue commends Rachel's burnout for being as (laughs) fantastic as it was. She congratulates Rachel on how badly things went. And she she thanks her for coming back to McKinley to um, prove a point. Yeah, Yeah. the evidence of what the arts do to people. uh, Because Rachel is like the most promising of the whole glee club, and here she is returned in failure with her tail between her legs. Yes. Um, And Sue has a definite point. I'm not sure why they're making this point. Or, like, why this is the story, but okay. Again, I really feel like the the onus of this should be not on Rachel and all of these other failed burnouts, but on their teacher, Will, who is the reason that they're all failed burnouts. Mm, Like, I just. Anyway, so, yeah. So then we move on to the next scene. Kurt is at a restaurant. He's waiting for a hot date. It's Kurt's hot date. Yeah, he literally tells the waitress, I have a hot date. Um, But so. As he sits there and waits for this person to show up, he looks through the window at a table outside on the like on the patio and, and travels remembers, time yeah. to a flashback. <laughs> yes, a very like abrupt flashback. Also, yeah. like it's suddenly well, raining. Yeah. So Kurt looks out to the patio yeah. and into the past. Yes. To see himself sitting, sitting outside in the rain. Yes. Waiting for Blaine to arrive. Yes. And we see the the breakup. The commence. breakup. Yeah. Blaine comes to the table. We watched this like multiple times so that we could really deconstruct it. Blaine comes to the table and tells Kurt about a possible wedding venue for Labor Day. Yeah. And apologizes for being late. He had to go check this place out because. That was why, and and Kurt is like. Kurt says, "Quote: Why am I always the first one to arrive?" And like a silent, like yes. not silent, but like a quieter, like a sort very of angry, judgy tone. tone. Yeah. Um. And <laughs> Blaine says, "I don't want to fight about this, but it feels like I'm the one doing all the stuff for the wedding." Yes. And then Kurt puts down his menu, and it's just the tone, like like it's so well set of like being like. Oh, so we're gonna fight about this now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um even though Kurt's like, I'm hungry, I wanna order. Like right, he, yes. he puts his menu down, um, so that he can really confront what's going on here. Yeah. Apparently, um them living together in the loft has been horrible. Yes. Um we, they, we get a mention of a three hour fight a about three hour fight that happened because of like toothpaste on a towel. On a towel. Yeah. Which like how the breakup didn't happen then is a mystery to me. And um, Blaine's like, I feel like you're just silently judging me all the time. He says Which, that yes. to Kurt. Yeah. And then Kurt like doesn't deny it. No. And Blaine then turns around and is like, is it something that I did? Yeah, that, like that makes you I so still upset. love you. I <laughs> I just want to figure out what's going on. And then Kurt really breaks it off. He yeah. says. Maybe we should 
just call it off before we completely hate each other. Yes. Like, oh, because Blaine is like, oh, I love you. And he's yes. like, well, I love you too. Right. But maybe we should cut it off before we completely hate each other. Yeah. And Blaine um, gets um, Blaine gets emotional. Blaine gets really sad he at gets, first. He gets scrunch face emotional. Yeah. And then it all smooths away. Yeah, well, he gets, so he almost cries. He almost squeaks out a tear or two. His face gets very red. Yeah. And then it, it does, like, in the same moment, the shot doesn't cut, he just, he sort of regains composure. Yeah. And his face gets a lot less red, and he looks right at Kurt, and he says, I will never forgive you for this. Which is so... It's really bad. Like, like... I mean, if the three-hour toothpaste fight was not a red flag, <laughs> like, this is the biggest yeah, red flag. Sam, Sam is like, oh, well, oh, this Sam yeah, me. right here was like, oh, well, the old, that fight was, like, all red flags. That breakup was all red flags. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, duh, but, Which like, is why it's a breakup. But the whole plot of this, this episode ends up being that Kurt wants Blaine play back. back. For no apparent reason. <laughs> because he feels guilty, I guess? Um, yeah, like, so we we go back to the present, yeah. where Kurt is in the same the same fucking restaurant for his first hot date, yes. after breaking up with his fiance, is in the restaurant where that breakup happened. Well, okay, we, we didn't mention, we also are guessing that this breakup must yeah. have happened in, like, April or May, yeah, based on we, the context. We tried to do some timeline stuff, where we were like, okay, when did they get engaged? That was in yeah. March, and when did they... Break up. Break up. It was in. It was Maple? sometime before Labor Day. Yeah. But it it is cold enough that they're during wearing the rainstorm jackets. that they're wearing yeah. like cardigans and long sleeve shirts. Yeah. So it can't be like super hot summertime. Yeah, it's not July. It's not a July rain. So. So and if there has to have been a few months between then and Labor now. Yeah, and, yeah. When Kurt has started his third year at Miata and right. we're in the fall. Right, and also he's dating again. So, yeah. I mean, anyway, so Ricardo arrives mm-hmm. and is, oh, I'm sorry I'm late, and Kurt is crying, crying. like, ver- like has a tear yeah. that has rolled sparkly down his cheek. Tear, a sparkly tear anime eyes <laughs> yes. as he yeah, as, uh, is overwhelmed with emotion. Yes, and he says, I can't do this, and leaves. Yep. And then the date, just, we get, like, a lasting shot of the date, like, alone in the yeah. restaurant, like, why? Yeah. Um, and then... We go to Will's apartment, where he talks directly to camera for the majority of the scene um, about how he's working at Vocal Adrenaline now and how it's different than than the new directions. He can't just not plan anything and have Mercedes park and bark. And do Journey, yeah. Um, Um, yeah. People have to have to actually dance, you know. Yeah, he, he has to do actual show part. And then the camera turns into actual Danny. Yes. Who is a small, adorable baby yes. that we don't see very many shots of because maybe he wasn't too good on set. And uh, we get a weird close-in, like yeah. soup. The shot zooms in to a close-up on Will's face as he says, five, six, seven, eight, and, like, dips the baby? Well, yeah, he's like, there's a moment... Let me show you my moves, Danny. Yes, and, yeah, so he's, like, holding the baby, but in, it's in order to lead us into a performance, but he he literally, like, dead-eyes the camera Yeah. and does this five, six, seven, eight thing, and then we cut directly to Vocal Adrenaline performing Dance the Night Away With on stage. With some blown-out fucking lighting, yeah, y'all. Yeah, it's very bright. 
Um, like, it makes everyone's hair look bad. It's yeah. so bright. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. It's very classic vocal adrenaline sort of vibe, except for the very end when they all just stand in a line on the front well, of the stage. Yeah, and there's also a little bit of, like, I mean, I guess this is pretty typical vocal adrenaline, especially circa, like, season two. Yeah. Um, where they have, Which like... Which is what I'm referencing for the most part. Right, but they have, like, one person singing, essentially. But, like, a OG vocal adrenaline, like, from the first episode, is an actual show choir. Where, like, well, there aren't soloists, like they so- just have, like... No, having soloists is, like, a normal show choir thing. Yeah, but not every f- song. And not, like, well, the same person like every time. Di- it's, like, a di- it's a different soloist every song. Mm-hmm. Except for, like, let's think, okay, season one, yeah. vocal adrenaline, Jesse was their front man. He no, sang no, every song. No, legitimately the first episode... They sing Mercy, and they sing, um... Yes, but then the season continues, right, but I'm just and saying they do the Queen medley don't with, have to do it the same way. Baby. You don't have to do it the same way every time. I'm just saying that if you want to look at the instances... Sorry, the waveforms are probably bad. If you want to look at the instances of vocal adrenaline throughout the show... There's more instances of them yes. performing in this way. Yes, I know. With I just sunny, think it's stupid. With unique. Yes. No, you're right. You're right. It's just. Thank you. I just feel like Will has some patterns also that of he's. Of course, Will has some patterns because he's a bad teacher. Yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> they they do their thing. Like you said, they have to stand at the lip of the stage at the very end in a big line, which is not. I thought maybe one. it's because Will doesn't have the choreography finished for the song yet, so they had just stood at the front of the stage. <laughs> And, like, saying the rest, because they know the music, so right. they went up to the front and just sang the rest of it, while Will was like, oh, and I guess maybe they'll do a, a spin here. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. As this, Vocal Adrenaline leaves after yes. Will's like, oh, well, you can come to my office hours, and no one seems interested. They all just no. bounce hard. And then Rachel and Will have a chat, yep. um, where uh, Will tells Rachel that he doesn't really have any fight left in him, He's got a baby now. Right. And no, yeah, no, makes a lot of money at Carmel High. Yeah. yeah, Rachel's like, why, how could you let Sue destroy the Glee Club? And Will's like, um, I made my money and I have a baby and it's too hard. And then there's, he goes for an extended bow and arrow metaphor about life. And, yes. Um, Rachel's like, uh-huh, bitch, nodding. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's so stupid and so long. And, like, at the end, Rachel's like, you still got it! Which, As in, like, like it, to me, it sounds like Rachel is like, bitch, you were never good at this. Like, that's yeah. what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, Rachel's right. The advice that he gives her is bad. Yes. We go to Will's apartment for the next scene, yes. where they have staged an intervention for Rachel to actually watch That's So Rachel. Yeah, which... To confront her atrocity head yeah. on. See, that's the thing. I'm very confident Rachel has already watched this episode a billion times. But yeah, so it's um, uh, Leroy, Will, Blaine, and Sam, all these men here telling her that she should get over her trauma. Uh-huh. Um, and then we see some of that, so Rachel, and it's garbage. Yeah. It's very bad. So Sert and Rachel go oh. to the loft that is the loft. Yes. Um, and... Oh, well, let's mention, Sert is played by, like, a 40-something year old man. Yeah, he's an old man. Yeah. And Sert's like, here's my p- purple piano from my gay grandmother's! Yes. And then... Because uh, there's... Everything's just covered with drop cloths. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then from under one drop cloth, 
oh, it's Infinity. Inf- and then from another drop cloth, it's Nittany. Yeah. And from nowhere, it's B- Blarty. <laughs> yeah. And Blarty's Carrot Top. And everything's <laughs> terrible. And all the colors are so bright. It's like a Disney Channel show well, from 2007 and you want to die. That's the joke. It's like, that's so Raven, but it's horrible. But um, Rachel doesn't have powers to see the future. But yeah, so, I mean, it's it's really, we also get another scene. So we, we get a couple scenes here. Yeah. There's this intro scene. And then we get a scene where Nittany arrives with a bunch of cats and there's a laugh track about how the cats have cancer, which is a sticking point for me because it's not funny. Yeah. Um, but then, uh... Well, Sam, okay, I'm, I'm gonna make a joke. So, um, I've always criticized certain TV shows that our mother watches because they have laugh tracks in them, and I'm yes. like, I don't find them funny because, like, it, it doesn't... I'm, it's not appealing for somebody to tell me what to laugh. Right. And my mom, well, our mom, yeah. will be like, oh, well, it's because they film it in front of an audience, so that's actual laughter. It is not. <laughs> It is. I'm really happy you're not dead naming the show is, that we're talking about. But yeah, yeah. It is absolutely ADR'd in. Yeah. A fucking course. Um, and yeah, I mean, laugh tracks suck, and they're using it to yes. show that this sucks. Right. Of course. Um, Cert in one scene gets hit by a falling light. Yeah, and. There is a loud ass sound effect for that happening. Yes. And then Sam and I had a discussion about what these, like, scenes really imply, whether, like, the show that So Rachel was mismanaged and, like, yeah. bad, and, like, P- Cert got hurt on set accidentally, yeah, and, yeah. and then, like, Rachel had to make, like, a line about, like, oh, narcolepsy pills, and is that what happened? And then the other one where Blarty is, like, blind, because he can't, because yes. fucking Carrot Top can't remember his lines, like, is that, is it the show being mismanaged, or is it that the show is intentionally very strange. <laughs> and, and we did it did it did remind us that the person who wrote this show was played by Kristen Shaw. Kristen Shaw and she was a bizarre person. She's so, very strange. So yeah. maybe it, this is all intentional. Right. And uh, Blaine uh, leans over to Rachel while this is happening and says, "Where's the singing?" And Rachel says, "They cut it." <laughs> yeah. There's also we, I didn't write any notes about this, but we we had a massive discussion about this the first time we watched it, because there's a line from Cert about how he, like, was giving his worm to a he, warbler. He, quote, fed my worm to a warbler. <laughs> Which, like, no one, no one gets that joke. Literally yeah. no one. That's literally an inside joke from the fact that you know these people in real life, and, yeah. like... The show, at least to our understanding, has no background for any of this. So, like, why would anyone think that's funny? Also, why would anyone say that ever? Like, it's just gross. Like, anyway. It's just a line from a fan (laughs) fiction that Ryan Murphy read that he found particularly... Yeah, charming. Um, Quite, I don't know, um, thought-provoking? Yeah, but... Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's just... It's just so... So, in conclusion, the show was bad. My my headcanon... For for eternity, my headcanon, Sydney Green, so pissed at Rachel for what she's done, abandoning Funny Girl, somehow, like, paid people off or did what he needed to do to ensure that this te- television pilot failed 
horrendously. Why would Fox air a pilot that has, like, an accident in it? Why would they air a pilot that has Caratop asking what his lines are? Like, what is going on? It has, I honestly think that Sidney Green paid someone to force them to use a bad edit of it, so that way it would fail. But anyway. Uh, So we see Rachel talking to the superintendent in the next scene. Well, we forgot. Classic Glee move. All these men tell Rachel to pick herself back yeah. up by her bootstraps and get back That's out. That's why I ignored it. <laughs> I know. Because it's just the same thing over and over again. Uh, when Rachel goes to the superintendent, she offers to bankroll Glee and is, frames it as like a way for the superintendent to gain power over Sue. Yeah. Um, because the superintendent voices that he feels that Sue is gutting for his job. Yes. And Rachel's like, oh, well, wouldn't you like to exercise your power? Yeah, well, there's also... Over she, Principal Sue. She also... He apparently seems to agree with the argument that the arts have a place in high schools or whatever namby-pamby bullshit. But, um, but so Rachel appeals to that and then says... He's like, oh, but all of the clubs have already gotten their funding for the year, so how... And, of course, Rachel bankrolls it, yep. because... With her, that's so Rachel money. Yeah. And uh, the superintendent agrees to this, and then drafts her as the teacher. Yeah, one um, condition, she has, she has to, to teach it. Yeah. Uh, because they're not going to pay a teacher. Right, obviously. And also, uh, like, yeah. like, we were... Men, but, like, what was her plan? To, know. like, like convince Will to drop his, like, five times amount salary at Carmel for this? Where, where like, he's actually a show choir director at right? his job. Yeah, like, anyway. So then, Instead of a history teacher. <laughs> yeah. So, Kurt is in Rachel's bedroom. Yes. Um, at the beginning. Like, it's right before a commercial break. We yes. We see Rachel entering her bedroom to console a weeping Kurt on yes. the bed. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to commercial and then we come back. Where yeah. Kurt is telling Rachel that he's very, very sad. Well, that yeah. His, that <laughs> he was the only person to show up on that street corner six, six months, months after. after. And then he was the only one there. And, then and it was feels, raining, and yeah, it was miserable. He feels really alone, and he feels that his break, that the breakup with Blaine ruined his life, yeah. and that Blaine is the love of his life, and he's in Lima <laughs> to get Blaine back. It's a really horrible. Um, mostly because legitimately, we were just at, like in that breakup scene. Like, Blaine. Why would you ever want to get back with somebody who fought with you for three hours about a a dollop of toothpaste on a towel? Like, yeah. And also, oh my god. Like, more more concerning, legitimately, is when Blaine says, "I will never forgive you for this." Like, that's it. Like, honestly, you can't yeah. be friends with that person anymore. They are bad people. Like, well, that's, I don't think that's true. Like, I mean, Blaine felt like he was truly in love with Kurt and that, like, he, they were going to get married. If you right? actually love someone, then, like, you would but, understand Wait, though. wait. I think, like, Blaine is upset in that scene, supposedly, because Kurt has been lying this whole sure. time about, like, wanting to get married. Wanting to get married. Yeah wanting their relationship to continue. Like, Blaine has felt like he's been silently judged. Sure. (laughs) For months or whatever. Um, And we have, like, let's be real, like, Kurt's energy since Blaine moved to New York is definitely very combative. Yes. Um, And, yeah, I I can understand why Blaine would be like, I'm never going to forgive you for this, because I would, he might feel lied to. Yeah, but, like, I just... I just don't see it as something that you... Because sh- the main thing is it, fe- it seems like Kurt feels guilty. 
about the fact that he's the one who broke up yeah, this relationship. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true. He feels and, guilty. And, like, that sucks. Because yeah, I mean, Wayne sucks. was treating him like garbage. I mean, to be fair, Kurt is not in the in the clear here. He was also treating Blaine, Blaine like badly, garbage. Yeah. But, like... It's just, we've we've literally talked about how bad Clayne is. Like, they're not good for each other. They bring out the worst in each other. But, like... I think it's partly, like, they're just very emotionally codependent yeah. when they are together. Yeah. Um, which probably arises from them being teenager, teenagers right? when they got together and yeah. um, that sort of thing. But, yeah, I mean, it's just messy as fuck and Kurt wants Blaine back because Kurt wants... To somehow get back in the place where he has, like, a community yeah. and friends. And, and also, a therapist told him that men... Oh my like... god. That fucking, like, therapist line where he's like, I want Blaine back because I've been seeing this therapist who told me I have a problem with love. And, like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, so we have how men are competitive or something. I am so positive that no therapist would be like, oh, so you're 19 and you broke up your engagement? Seems like you have a problem with love. <laughs> no, that's just the psychic. That's just a cold reading. <laughs> anyway. I just don't think a therapist would take that route of like, no. oh, you need to get back together in Absolute. your toxic Absolutely teenage. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think the big issue is obviously, like you were just saying, Kurt is lonely and yeah. doesn't have any friends, and unfortunately all of his friends are tied up in his ex's relationships, so yeah. like, shit, but anyway. Uh, so, Kurt wants to stay in Lima yeah. with Rachel and Blaine, yes. because he's gonna get Blaine back, right. and he wants friends, and he wants yeah. to be in Lima, and he is, it's not, he doesn't outwardly say, like, we're gonna coach the Glee Club together. Yeah. It's just, like, implied, and then we go to the next scene, where yes. they confront Sue in the choir room, yeah. when they have eradicated all the computers from there, yes. and they're getting the piano back in there, yeah. and, because the piano's just there, I don't know how they got it in through the door, whatever. Yep. On the side, probably. Maybe. I, I don't want to think about it. That poor piano. And, um, Sue comes in on the warpath, of yes. course, and calls Kurt a, well, calls Kurt porcelain, yes. also Middlesex. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she has, like, a legitimate, like, five-minute-long monologue of yeah. just, like, really shitty stuff, which sort is Sort of classic difficult. tantrum yeah. from yeah. Sue. Uh, yeah. It's all in the close-up, but different close-ups. Yeah, well, and, it like, cuts between, <laughs> yeah, it cuts between all three of them. As, like, Kurt and Rachel are like, what the fuck are you even saying? Like, every phrase is punctuated by a different close-up. <laughs> yes. And this is when Sam and I were like, now this is some classic Glee aesthetic. Yes. Like, this is that Glee shit. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, but it legitimately is. You know, is. getting really up in Jane Lynch's fucking grill, man. <laughs> yeah, as, as she, like, says something that is vile. As like, she <laughs> says, welcome to the Thunderdome. Yeah, they're in <laughs> Sue's Thunderdome now. Classic tantrum, everyone's upset. And then she gets really up close to Kurt's body and smells his neck and it's like, you smell like a nursing home. And that's it. Well, then she throws shit around. She yeah. like she like pulls apart the pencil sharpener and with dumps the, it on the ground. With the Song of the Valkyries yeah. like behind you, but you know. Throws the music to the ground, steals the computer lab side. Yeah, it's all great. Um, uh, we go to Scandals yes. next, where Kurt well, Rachel has planned a meetup Sure. For Blaine and Kurt. Yes. So that they can have a... Tete-a-tete. Um, -tete. Yeah. A mono-a-mono. meet-up. And um, I don't know why. Because Kurt, like, says in, like, a third 
party, like, neutral place before in that previous scene when he's talking to Rachel. Honestly, I don't even know if Rachel set this up. I feel like they might have set this up. Well, I don't know how Scandals is, like, a neutral place to me, but whatever. I mean, to be fair, life is not full of very many neutral places. And also, they're not... They're not 21. Yeah, well, that's never stopped them before. That's true. Um, Okay. So, they go to this mediated meetup where... I, I have screw off written close here. <laughs> yes. Well, no, okay. So Kurt Kurt starts this off. Blaine arrives. And oh, Kurt so is Kurt's like, like yeah. oh, I bet you want me to screw off. Well, no, no. What? <laughs> no. Okay. So Kurt is like, hey, it's really good to see you, and I'm here because I'm gonna get you back, and I know that that's not something you're supposed to say right away, but I can understand if you would tell me to, if you want to tell me to screw off, but like I'm going to work to get you back. Like that's my plan. Um, which is cool that his inten- his intention is very well stated. Yes. Um, and then... <laughs> Blaine the responds. Un- then the unthinkable happens. Well, and Blaine responds saying, oh, well, I'm dating somebody else. Yes. Now. Which and we get we get a little a little voiceover from Kurt. We get a little voiceover on Kurt's shot. Because um, <laughs> it's like a just a shot reverse shot for this yeah. conversation. And uh, it's in Kurt's head, his inner monologue is, don't cry. Don't cry. Be cool. Be cool. <laughs> and then, uh, and, and then, then we see Karofsky. Well, well, no, no, no. Wait, oh, wait, wait. Did no. I ruin the reveal? Yeah. Well, I mean, so Kurt is like, just, he's like, who is it? And in, in his mind, he's like, just please don't say Sebastian Smythe. Please don't say Sebastian Smythe. <laughs> and then, and, um, well, because Blake is like, oh, it's someone you know, actually. Yes. Yeah, and then Karofsky arrives and pats Kurt on the shoulder as he, like, walks by. And that's when that's when Kurt thinks, don't vomit, don't vomit! Well, well no, no, no. Karofsky is like, oh, hey, Kurt, and then leans over and kisses Blaine on the cheek. Mm-hmm. And that's when Kurt is like, oh, my God, I'm going to vomit. Like, Yeah, um, so. So this is happening, Okay. All right, folks, this is happening. Yes. Blaine Karofsky Blavid, is happening. Blavid is here. Sam has, admit- Sam has admitted to searching for the fan fiction already. What is the, the scene like, Sam? Tell us. The world wants to know. I mean, the issue is that a lot of the fan fiction is just them, like, is fucking. like... It's no, just fucking. No, it's not them fucking. It's like Blaine, like, running into Karofsky and, like, punching him in the face for being mean to Kurt. And it's not actually, like, the ship. Oh, it's, it's not just, what you want. No. Well, you need to look for the one... You know, when I went searching yeah. on AO3, I found a whole bunch specifically posed around this episode. I mean, that... But yeah, I don't want to spoil myself for mm. future stuff. But anyway, so, yeah, so... Yeah, well, when you're reading fan fiction, <laughs> you can't really have that mindset of I don't want to spoil myself. Right, exactly. In multiple ways. Don't you worry. You know what I mean? We're, we're going to get... <laughs> Well, once we finish the show, I can read as much Blavid fanfiction as you I want. You can, but why would you want to? I can write, um, as, so, I can write as much Blavid fanfiction as I yes, want. Yes, bitch. So, Kurt, <laughs> Kurt has the thought, this is a living nightmare, as he sees Blaine and Karofsky, like, smile at each other on the other side well, of the table. Yeah, because we, we get, like, their, like, meeting, like, their meeting story, whereas, like, it's, like, it was, like, Country Bear Night or something. Yeah, we met up on Country Bear Night, and he was doing the electric slide. Definitely, definitely not doing the electric slide, just a normal line dance. Blaine yeah. was drunk. Yeah. And... <laughs> well, 
Um, and that they met up together and talked about Kurt. Yeah, initially. That, that is literally the the best part about this whole the nefarious bullshit. Where he's, is like, where he's like, we we talked about you actually. Right. The their the way that they like like synced up was by like talking about how like they couldn't be with Kurt. Like Yeah, because Blaine was like, Oh, I've been broken up with and I'm sad. Yes. And Krosky was always like, loved Kurt. Krosky's so. like, oh but Kurt's not all that bad. Remember when he made me want to live. Yeah. Like that's exactly. <laughs> like the conversation they had, I guess. Um Yep. Yeah. So Also, one note for Blaine fans out there, the <laughs> Karofsky says that their nicknames are Yogi and Boo Boo. <laughs> uh, yikes. <laughs> Fucking yikes as fuck. That is not. No. 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 I do not want to think about, like, the, the Yogi Bear impression, but David Karofsky does while they have sex. That sounds very also, bad. that's not the best way to think about Yogi and Boo Boo. Hey, Blaney Boo. <laughs> but, like... Are, are they related? What you got in my picnic basket? <laughs> Gross. Yeah, anyway, know. so yeah, so then Kurt is like, "Oh, cool! I need to go to the bathroom." Oh, cool! I need to go to the bathroom, and then he goes and cries in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. So let's talk about how fucking evil this is. This is like um the most, The thing is, is okay. I remember when we first watched this episode, you claimed that like it's sort of benign pairing. Uh, and, like, a benign choice on Blaine's part. And here I am, like, no, this is some straight-up no. evil shit. I, I think in, like, if I'm willing to, like, give the show that Blaine is not an evil demon, like, mm. I think it's benign. But... You think it's benign. You think it's benign to, to after you get broken up with by your fiancé, to date the person that harassed them. Throughout high school. You think that's benign. That was like four years ago. It was not. They're 19 and that stuff happened when Kurt was like 16. It's been a year. Anyway. No, but like... <laughs> but like, I, I think that This is not benign behavior. <laughs> no, I think they're... Like, they commiserated over the fact that Kurt broke, up, broke both of their hearts. You know, like, it's kind of cute. But like, I agree. Like, it is a really shitty thing to do, but Blaine has shown us time and time again that he is a shitty person. Like, he's not a good person. He's a very bad person. Like, this just fits. He is a bad person. And, um, yeah, like, it's just... (laughs) I mean, when we approach it from the evil demon theory, like, holy shit, like, this is literally just, like, the icing on the shit cake. This is what Blaine would want to do the whole time. Exactly. This was his plan. Exactly. He was living, he was making living with him a nightmare, so that way Kurt gets driven to, like... Either suffer forever and marry him, or or break up with him now. And feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah, and so then, and now that he chose the breaking up line, it's like, it's like Blaine got to go home that day and, like, maniacally laugh for a bit about how, (laughs) how evil he got to be. Because, like, the marriage line, like, oh, like, sure, like, you get a tormentor for the rest of his life, sure, sure. But, I mean, divorce exists, so. This, though, you get to take it, you, you drag him back to his home city. Yeah. And confront him with his, like, 
high school. I mean, from a non-demon perspective, this is like, I mean, it's such a fucked up thing to do. It is. It's a really... And, like, not to warn Kurt at all. Not even, like, a fucking text message. Surprise him with it. It's so awful. I guess it is Blaine's move to not know how to break bad news to Kurt, so just lying instead. that's, That's the thing. I would, I would say that, like, I'm not saying it's benign. I'm saying that, like, in Blaine's mind, it's benign because, like, he, like, I think he legitimately is not thinking about how bad it would feel for Kurt to have this information. Like, I think he is legitimately, like, put that entirely out of his mind. I'm not saying that it's good objectively. I'm just saying that Blaine thinks that what he's doing is benign if he's not an evil demon who's intentionally mm. doing this. Like, Yeah, I mean, if he's not an evil demon, he is, like, sort of a scatterbrained asshole anyway. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah. And anyway. controlling, of course. Yes. Don't forget controlling. <laughs> right, so, anyway, Blavid is here. Um, I, I don't have high hopes for it being continued very long, but, like, I'll take what I can get. I mean, who knows? Like... <laughs> I, um, Maybe he'll be the best man at their wedding. No. No. He'll be Blaine's best man, obviously. Um, I mean, okay, so how is this going to end? Let's make a prediction right now. Okay. Is, is Clay and Endgame, are they getting married? I mean, the obviously, over? they have to. Yeah. Otherwise, people wouldn't watch the show. The show writers know this. Like, yeah. I mean, my, okay, so I'm, so, I still am sort of a Clayne stan. Sure. I have consumed so much, like, Clayne like, fan fiction and content, that yeah. it's very difficult for me to not, um, stand. Sure. Um, just, like, by the power of, you know, constant suggestion. Sure. Um, I can recognize that it's very toxic and all that shit, of course, but, um... But, yeah, make make the cute gay boys It's still kiss. cute! Make them kiss! <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. so, like, I know that they're gonna get married, because that's how right. the show has to end, and right. Rachel will be their surrogate, and they'll have... A bunch of beautiful babies. And oh, that's, where, guess, that's Quinn, where the new normal starts. I guess Quinn will. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, Quinn is blonde, and that is the premise of the new normal. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, they'll get married. This specific relationship, I assume, will last maybe an episode. Kurt is going to literally destroy, like, he's going to, like, destroy Blaine's phone with text messages just being like, how could you? I'm never going to forgive you for no, this. No, I don't think that's it. I think Kurt is going to go for more of, like, a, like the hottest bitch is back kind oh, of Oh, sure, yeah. Or, like... Glow up. Well, not even a glow up, just, like... Sort of like being, just like wearing nothing and being going to like the club. Uh, being like obviously attractive around Blade right. to just be like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or who could hmm, who could Kurt Sebastian to mm, literally Sebastian. Sebastian Sebastian it needs to be Sebastian it won't be I know it won't be well, Grant okay. Gustin has flash Sam, shit to do listen I could send you that that. Fan fiction that I read the revenge, opening paragraph for. Revenge pair, revenge pairings are my favorite. Um, revenge pairings are great, <laughs> especially when they just um, conclude with, I guess, probably some sort of sex in the bathroom um, at candles. I, I assume there's a big orgy. Um, nah. And that's when, that's when you know. Usually, I when you want a fan fiction that is a big orgy, it's like the spelling is so terrible. <laughs> like there's, you can't make it through because the grammar is so bad. Yeah, but and then Sebastian and. Cross the end up together, obviously, like that. Well, I true think, end game. Anyway, well, okay. so, so then we go back to uh, McKinley. Uh, Rachel is uh, kind of willing up the office. Um, she's filling it full of junk. 
uh, to make her feel like she's worth something. She's got her, like, dream cut out and some yes. other gold star. Yeah, she's got the big gold star from you know, her, yeah, from the, her trailer. The general Rachel ephemera. Yeah, and so Will visits um, with the news clipping that is notorious from the pilot episode um, that says kids are the number one priority. Right, yeah, priority number one, help the kids. Yeah, and so... Um, and that's what Will really thought about when he framed... When he framed Finn for that weed in his locker. Right, which he even intros the scene being like, I always thought Finn was going to take over this office. Yeah, because like, yeah. <laughs> so we go from crying in the bathroom to this scene, yes, yeah. and Sam was like, wow, real drastic tone shift, and I was like, is it? <laughs> yeah, well, Because as, as soon as Sam, you were like, yes. oh, what a drastic tone shift, Will comes in and is like... Thought Finn was going to be in this office, and I was like, hmm? "Woof, yeah." Um, Where do you think we are right now? We are at Gr- Glee's funeral. Yeah. So be respectful. Um, yeah, and Rachel um, is Rachel in, reestablishes her dream. She Mandy. is, yeah, uh, being a Broadway star. That's where she's going to go back. She lost it once, but she will reclaim it. Okay, yeah, I don't even want to think about it anymore. I'm so pissed off, and. Rachel burgeoning with her growing sense of urgency to run this glee club. Yes. Sings Let It Go. Yes. You know, the idea of a cell number. And when we first watched this, Chris was like... Who sings this? No. In universe, he, like... He didn't say that. He said, he said, oh, she's singing her mom's song. Right, well, no, that's what I'm saying, though, is like... Yeah. Who, in universe, who played... Fucking who? Elsa. Who fucking played Elsa in Frozen? Like, anyway, um, yeah. So, so she sings "Let It Go." Um, we had some. I think we were not being very charitable in the episode at this point in time, but like we had some not nice things to say about Rachel's outfit. Um, well, okay, specifically those pink shorts. Yeah, the pink are shorts like are really bad. Heinous. Yeah, they're really gross. They don't fit her very well. <laughs> No. And, like, she's wearing high heels yeah. with them. Like, it's a very stupid outfit. Yeah, she... she the, the, okay, the sweater could be cute, but... Yeah. The, the shorts, no. The, the gown that she wears is fine, but, like, the it's not The gown is fine. It stunning. is It is taupe yeah. colored. <laughs> it has little flowers on it. Um... Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so she walks down McKinley's Halls for a little bit. She's on the stage, the auditorium stage. There's a, there's a butt-ton of fake snow, which is like, great, Rachel, you know you're footing this bill, right? That's been established well, now. I'm not sure that this actually happens. Um, I mean, Roar happens. Because at the end, like, during the fake snow bit, there's, with, like, with Sue. a frozen over Sue. Yeah. Um, also, it's some non-linear, yes. like, visuals of Rachel collecting what she just put up in the office from her bedroom. Yes. Why? In the middle of the song. I'm just asking, like, why did they decide to do that? I mean, where else would they put it? Will had to talk to her and had to re- reference Finn, so it had to be but, in the office with the little newspaper clipping. Sure, no, I get that, but why show this? It why show it in a nonlinear way? Like what? Because no, 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 not because the episode is the headquarter. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking, is there a narrative point to showing this? No, there's not a narrative point. There's a we have three sets and we got to use all as much as we can, right? Like this show's terrible. This show's very bad, and I would like to stop talking about it, please. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Let it podcast. Let it podcast. <laughs> let it podcast business. Cute. Let it. Let it go. <laughs> Keep it in. Keep it in. 
<laughs> keep all those feelings inside. Inside. <laughs> yeah. It's the it's, podcast business. <laughs> what are the other things in Let It Go? You'll never see me cry. The cold never bothered me. The, the last line is, the cold never bothered me The anyway. gold star never bothered me anyway. But, but it's, it's a metaphor. metaphor. And metaphors, metaphors are important. important. Gold stars are important. Because, because gold, gold stars, stars are a metaphor, metaphor for me being, being a star. Okay. okay. Um, so gold stars are first. That's where we choose who embodied the idea of a gold star. Yes. Much like Rachel gives one to herself. Every week. And Ooh. has a giant one in her fucking office now. Exactly. Yeah. Who are we going to give a gold star to from this week? Sam. Okay, well, I have to give an honorable mention to Blavid. Um, okay, like the, <laughs> like the group? The pairing. To the two of them? Yeah. Okay. Um, but the I'm going to give it to Rachel. Like, I know Rachel kind of sucks and her dreams don't really make sense, but like... I do feel some level of sympathy for her on the fact that her show was so bad. Like, I know it's, like, the joke, but, like, her life got ruined. Like, legitimately got ruined, so... I mean, they needed a way to exit out of this, like, very whack plotline where Rachel gets the TV show. Her success spiral upwards, yes. No, I know, but, like... They needed, like, a hard eject. Yeah, but honestly, I think part of it for me is mostly just her being, like, Am I in hell? And it's like, yeah, yes. Rachel, you are. This yeah. is legitimately hell. I think I'm going to choose Blaine for my gold star. He chose to... Okay. That's why I'm choosing him. Okay. Because he's the character making the wildest, most interesting choices. That's true. And like, okay. I no, love that Blaine is back you know in the warblers. I'm, I'm not giving mine to Rachel. I'm splitting between Blaine and David Krosky. Okay. Don't, cool. don't at me. Like, Blaine has... He's returned his power base. He's got his warblers with him. Yes. He is at his true height of evil prowess. Yes. We have two comically evil villains now. We have Sue and we have Blaine. Yes. And they need to be defeated by the end of these 13 episodes. And I'm excited to see how they decide to do that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And that, uh, next we need to do the best number. Yeah, so our options this episode are... Um, we started with Uninvited. Rachel in the in the lot, um, and then we go to suddenly Seymour. Suddenly Seymour, yeah, um, is standing beside you. That's that's, that's more like the little that's why, version. Yeah. That's why I sang it that way. It wasn't because <laughs> of that. No, no, I wouldn't think that. No, I mostly just love Ellen Green's like affectation in that yeah, show. Me too. It's so good. The affectation in the movie. Yeah, yeah. she's amazing in yeah. that movie. Anyway, um, and then Sing. If you have not seen Little Shop of Horrors, my friends, you should watch it, of yeah. course. Yes. And they have a CGI plant now, so it's, you should watch it. It's gross. Um, so yeah, so then uh, the Warblers do Sing, mm-hmm. the Sharon song. Um, and then uh, the Vocal Adrenaline does Dance the Night Away. Um, yeah. And then Rachel does Let It Go at the end of the episode. Some of these songs do, like, feel pretty, pretty right. Like, Glee-esque. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, I'm picking the one that is the most Glee-esque. Is that Let It Go? It is Let It Go. I'm picking Let It Go. Of course I'm picking fucking Let It Go. Suddenly Seymour could be the most Glee-esque, but it is so out of context, and the music shop is so stupid, like... It also doesn't really make sense for the characters, like, why are they singing Suddenly Seymour? Is is Rachel going to hook up with Blaine now? Well, that's not really it. It's more like, has Rachel, like, turned around and seen that Blaine is, like, Her a... salvation? Like, I just don't... Yeah. 
It doesn't really make any sense. Um, um, I I do like the song, but it's not good enough to choose. Um, Sing by the Warblers is pretty good. Um, yeah. but it is some pretty classic Warbler shit. Yes. You know, yeah, it's not like, anything innovative. Right. They they do a flip or two, and you're like, okay, cool. Uninvited is bizarre. It's just like very incongruous with like yeah why like what I think Rachel would be feeling and. Like, the song choice doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And then, like, the imagery that goes along with it, it's just... Weird, yeah. It's just not good. No. It's not good. Nope. Uh, And I'm going to choose Let It Go as well. Of course. It's it's the... Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what it reminds me of is every single belting number that Rachel has had at the end of episodes. Yes. I'm thinking firework. I'm thinking... A but, bunch of other songs. But but like this is this is the opening of season six. Yeah, so it had to start with this. Right. And it's just It is a return to form that I think I'm not sure okay, they I think their goal with the New York season was to try to like adapt the show yeah, to pivot, pivot. Pivot, pivot, pivot. To what the the audience could want. <laughs> yeah. And then they tried and then they didn't. Like, yeah. the audience was like, nah, though. No. And they were like, okay, well, we need to course correct. And they, <laughs> pivot, went, pivot, pivot. they went hard back to classically. Yeah. Um. So here we are watching Rachel sing on the auditorium stage about how she needs to um, defeat Sue Sylvester. Yes. And with that, we have finished the first episode. Well, we do need we to do need the rating. We need to do... That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, sure. We need to do the rating. Okay. We will give it slushies. Hopefully we'll see some slushies this season. That's <laughs> what so actually makes sense, but... Um, and Sam, how many slushies are you going to give it? I'm going to throw three out of five slushies at this episode. I oh. mean, I do really... There is a part of me that, like, sadistically enjoys the fact the that all these characters are suffering. Well, like, me too. I sort of love it. Because, like, they've been so shitty and, right. like, so, like, non-committal and, like, yeah. indecisive about what they want from their lives. Yeah. And also, like, I, I don't feel bad for them when bad things happen to them. No. Because I don't have I don't care, for them yeah. anymore. Yeah. But, like... At a mo- there was a moment when I thought I might when Kurt was like sitting on when Kurt's sitting on Rachel's bed and crying. Yeah. I was like, is Bert dead? Like right. that's what I would think is happening here. Right. Yes. And I would feel something then. But like Definitely. But honestly, like mostly it's also coming off of season five where we weren't mean enough during the season. Yeah. And it's just like I'm gonna go for three slushies as well. Yeah. Um I'm tempted to go for higher, but the claim breakup is masterful. Like, makeup is amazing. It needed to happen. We yes. felt it the yes. entire, yes. the entire fifth season. We were like, these kids need to break up. Yeah. And they did. So here we are. Yeah. Um, and um, I also um, do, I actually like, I mean, obviously they're doing a real hard glee set here, but like Rachel's like, like torrent, like just into the bowels of hell where yeah. like everything falls out from under her is enjoyable to me. Like and the the uh, the other reason why I'm giving it 3 out of 5 is because it's a hard episode to watch cuz it's so poorly lit. Yeah. It's so yeah. fucking bright. Also washed out so, and it, blown out so, on every single window. It's so exposition heavy. Like yeah, it's literally dumb. just people telling us what happened for the past like indeterminate amount of time. Yeah, 6 months I guess. Um yeah, 6 plus. But anyway, so yeah. 
it's not good. It's not promising for this last season. I mean, I am a little, like... I'm excited. It, I want to see it, what happens with Blaine Karofsky and Kurt. I mean, I am excited. It did light the fires of Blavid, Blavid's engines Kurt hasn't me, been, but. like, um, you know, pursuing Blaine for years. That's true. You know, and, and I... That, yeah. That's such a, that was such an exciting time when yes. Blaine was, like, getting drunk and kissing Rachel Berry and then sleeping in Kurt's bed. Like... <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, no, I am. I am actually excited to watch more. I'm just saying, in terms of like actual content and like, you know, it's not great. Yeah, it's it doesn't. It's not promising. It could have pivoted, and maybe it could have been good, but I don't think it's gonna. I be. mean, how would it? I don't have time for there's, that. There's yeah, really it's no, just, there's no. no point in hypothesizing what would make it better because like there's it's not <laughs> we still the have, ideas are bad. We still have plenty of episodes to think about that as we see what happened to more of these characters too. So yeah. What is the title of the next episode? Next episode is season six, episode two, Homecoming. Hmm. Which I got a little sneak I got are a little sneaky do sneak the, the Beyonce? No. <laughs> It's. I think it's legitimately homecoming. At, oh, and so it, all of the all of the old Glee Club will be returning for homecoming. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm excited to see Mike. I mean, I don't know if he's one. I didn't. I didn't. I I caught a couple names. And Can we go watch one. it? I want to. I'm gonna go watch it. Okay. And okay. with that. Yeah. So we all the typical stuff. We're on Twitter at snmhakley. Email snmhakley at gmail.com. Patreon. We have a Patreon. Push most for donations to uh, the Trans Law Center um, because you know Glee sucks. And so we'll be back next week with season six, episode two, Homecoming. But until then, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie. And we hate Glee. <laughs> Ha 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 ha!